Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to this Monday's edition of Lifeline. Hope you are doing all right today. Glad to be back behind the microphone after being off last week. Had to take some time off on November 10th. Um, 11th, actually. It was a memorial. No, it was Veterans Day. <laughs> I better get that right. It was Veterans Day and I needed to take some time off. Not that I'm a veteran, but I do honor all the veterans of America for many, many reasons. But um had to be off. So I'm glad to be back with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I hope um, I hope you're doing well. I hope worship was well for you, and I hope you're ready to have some conversation about the things that matter to us. You're listening to Jesse Giston, as the announcer had said earlier, and good to be with you. The number is one 329 one to reach yours truly. What shall we talk about? What is uh, worthy of uh, a conversational time uh, with our constitutional right to gather, uh, assemble freely, to talk freely? Freedom of speech is the reason we're doing this, and we're hoping that we are going to use our freedom responsibly to take advantage of these two hours and uh, talk about things that matter. The Lord is good. He's on his throne. He runs this universe and uh, all is well with my soul. I hope that's true with you as well. Not, not to say that there aren't many, many challenges out there. Not to say that we don't have our struggles. Not to say that we don't have our issues. We do. But if you're a child of God and you do know your standing is in Jesus Christ, and if you are aware of the bright future that um, is there for you, not only way out in yonder eternity, but even now. Even now, as a child of God, you have so many opportunities to be blessed and to be a blessing in your world. In fact, that's the reason why God saved you and kept you uh, at this present time. If you don't know it, you are here to be a blessing. We've been working on this concept of servanthood, Malak, in the Hebrew and um either diakonis in the Greek or a doulos in the Greek. And then we have a another term for, for, for minister or slave or a servant as the New Testament would lay uh, it out. Huperetes is one Greek term. The lower alley rowers in the big sail ships that, uh, that transported people and goods across the Mediterranean Sea in the days of Christ and the days of the apostles. The lower alley roars describe ministers of the gospel, such as I, whose job is to simply obey the captain as he leads the people to their desired destination. 
It's a metaphor of humility that Paul talked about in First Corinthians chapter four. Uh, the doulos is a slave that's owned by a master and he lives to do his master's bidding. And if his master is benevolent and if his master is good and kind and and resourceful, that doulos lives in the context of intimacy and relationship with him and is able to derive from his master those benefits that come with being redeemed or owned or purchased by the master. And that's the case for the believer as well. We have a great master in God. We have a great master in the Lord Jesus, and we have a great master in the spirit of the living God as well, who is our president, uh, leader, captain, uh, guide, instructor, counselor, advisor, helper, mediator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And his job is to make sure that we are conformed to the image of Christ and in the process, suffering sanctification, and hopefully many seasons of joyful manifestations of God's unmerited favor in our lives. So your future is bright, child of God, if you will just uh, embrace it, receive it, and respond to it as our ladies in the DOG. This, I had a great DOG this Saturday, Daughters of Grace meeting where the women came out and engaged in what all of us really need to learn how to do. And that is to receive the promises of God and then to respond to the promises of God. We will often as children of God, if we are at least somewhat biblically, uh, 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 biblically relevant, biblically uh, knowledgeable, we will know the promises of God. The scriptures, lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. That's a promise. Uh, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. In glory in Christ Jesus, that's another promise. Nothing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Promise after promise after promise. He that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth not on the Son does not have life. That's a promise as well. And there are many promises from the old to the new. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. They go on and on and on and on. Hearing the promises, receiving the promises, and then responding to the promises becomes the process by which you and I learn to come to know God in the reality of what his word says about himself and what his word says about you and me. And so here we are today. And we have an opportunity to cultivate our thinking and cultivate our minds around uh, topics that can help us uh, grow in Christ. I was thinking about three persons, and I'll just kind of toss them out there before we hit the break. Well, I was was thinking first in a minimal way about uh, President Trump, and I was working through the whole issue of – the impeachment process, the the present inquiry on the part of the Democrats to um, to to develop articles of impeachment against the president. And I was thinking through how seldom this process has ever worked out and fleshed itself out fully, but how in some cases is absolutely necessary to do that. Now, I asked you the question a couple of weeks ago how many presidents have been impeached. And uh, I'm sure that the vast majority of us just don't know because we just don't care. Well, there have been two. And there have been others who have been impeached as well, but not presidents. There have been judges and other elected officials who have been impeached. 
The impeachment process is ugly. The impeachment process is kind of dangerous, but the impeachment process sometimes is very necessary. I myself do not believe that the process will ultimately work itself out uh, to to ultimately ultimately condemn President Trump of impeachment. I do uh, <clears throat> do believe that there are areas in his administration and his dealings uh, since he's been president that would uh, merit concern uh, and may even be indictable. And that may come out in time if the process continues. I was listening to a fascinating story uh, narrative about uh, Andrew uh, uh, Andrew Jackson, the uh, impeached president that that besides Bill Clinton and now you know maybe Donald Trump, uh, the history around how Andrew Jackson was uh, impeached and how that he was Abraham Lincoln's uh, vice president at one point. And uh, when Lincoln was assassinated, unfortunately, uh, Jackson uh, occupies his position. Now, there was a man named Hamlin, who uh, Hannibal Hamlin, who actually preceded Jackson as Lincoln's vice president. And if you were to do the research on Lincoln, Hamlin, and Jackson, you would be absolutely floored by Actually, many of the similarities between the Lincoln era and now, particularly around uh, liberating and freeing slaves and protecting people of color, Negroes, during that time, because Lincoln definitely did not believe in slavery, though he was bound by political agendas that hogtied him in his own mind that hindered him from being able to push through as radically as he wanted. And hence, he uh, he he chose to have Andrew Jackson as his vice president versus uh, Hannibal Hamlin, who was also radical for the freeing of the slaves, but even more radical than Jackson. And of course, when uh, President Lincoln is assassinated, uh, Jackson takes on the office and he does such a difficult job, such a terrible job of managing what was probably an impossible scenario where uh, we were heading towards and um, uh, coming into the the uh, Civil War uh, that he ended up being impeached for a lot of different things. Just a fascinating story to 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 look up and see how the struggle at present around uh, uh, civil rights and freedoms and uh, equality and all of that stuff is still the fruit hanging from the tree of the uh, the the Civil War. We're still dealing with a whole lot of those issues on a social level, on a um, uh, psychological level, economic level, um, on a political level, uh, educational level, et cetera. Just a lot of that stuff will not ever go away because of how deeply entrenched politics, slavery, religion, and a few other major components are business uh, to uh, American identity. But Lincoln Hamlin and Jackson are a triad worth your historical revision, uh, revisiting in order to get an idea of the similarities and distinctions between that time and ours. The other person that came to mind that I want to kind of toss out to you because he became a very peculiar individual to me was Kanye West. Now, we talked about him a little bit a couple weeks ago, but I really want to pose a question to you if you've been tracking with him because I've been tracking with him, <clears throat> excuse me, for a few months now. And and here's where I want to kind of maybe uh, massage your thought and see if we can have a dialogue about it. And, and I'll, I'll frame it in a kind of a theological reflection. 
You and I are called to preach the gospel to every creature under heaven if, in fact, we are children of the living God. And the task of the uh, uh, of the euangelion, the kerygma of preaching and the proclamation of the gospel is, is something that has uh, both uh, foundational structure rooted in theological truth that is to be communicated via a mechanism called proclamation or preaching or kerygma or uh, the euangelion, the, the good news of the gospel to be declared and shared and, and communicated abroad. As you know that Jesus gave us that commandment, Matthew chapter 28, 18, and 19, and 19 and 20 as well. Uh, the thing that has become fascinating with another shining star on the horizon, and we've been having them since the beginning of time. We had them in the days of Christ, John the Baptist. We had them in the days of Christ, Christ himself. We had them in the days of the apostles, the apostle Paul, etc. Every time you have a shining star come on the scene, you're going to have one of two reactions at all times. Uh, the one reaction is that that shining star comes to shed light and there are people drawn to that light. And by that light, uh, there is some good that comes out of it. That's one reaction where people say, you know, some light is better than no light whatsoever. And therefore, let us embrace this season because it won't last forever. And they're right about that. Kanye won't be the center of attention Forever, But for the moment, he becomes a, I think, a very important object lesson for all of us <clears throat> on a number, number of levels of theological priority, if you will. The other reaction is not only that when the uh, shiny star flashes into the, uh, you know, sort of our, our vision, our, our fulcrum of, of view, <clears throat> that we want to run from it because we think it's the beginning of the collapse of the universe. So you got people that are negative about it. You got people that are positive about it. The negative positive thing is just, you know, a normal social dynamic. The question that would be, I think, worthy, worthy of discussion is <clears throat> what would justify being negative about it? And what would justify being positive about Kanye's present open public consistently uh, professed Christian position, given all that he's doing? He recently he was at uh, Joe Olsen's Church Lakewood, as you guys might know, if you keep up with him. What would be for you uh, the positive or the negative about what Kanye is doing? Uh, do you believe that uh, his 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 agenda, his uh, his itinerary, his 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 going into the different spheres and locations and uh, places that he is? is a positive thing for the cause uh, of the gospel? Or are you on that track with a lot of people who are uh, very much suspicious of and concerned about him simply being a Trojan horse to bring in a, a greater measure of apostasy? Um, wh what do you think about Kanye? If you've been tracking with him, uh, do you think that he is operating from a position of naivete? Uh, that while he is zealous about God, uh, his lack of uh, understanding sound doctrine or biblical truth or orthodoxy, as you might view it, uh, puts him in your eyes as an individual that is operating out of a level of naivete that you would not recommend. Is Kanye West operating out of a deceptively uh, maniacal uh, method of, uh, of, of, of uh, just wanting to deceive people because he himself is deceived? Or is he kind of like wily, like a fox? 
and is somewhat aware of what he's doing, recognizing clearly that he does not meet the approval of, uh, you know, orthodox Christians in virtually any camp, probably. Uh, and, and as such, having grown up, you know, to some degree in the church and having already uh, in his early conversion days worked worked through some of the fundamental uh, doctrinal issues that he would have been exposed to, Arminianism, Calvinism, and basic doctrinal truth, which he he would know. He would know some of these things. It's, he would not be without an awareness of the conflicts and the battles going on and the lines drawn in the church and the sides that have been established, long established for hundreds of years and thousands of years now, as you would know it. Could he be as wily as a fox to say, um, I see a fundamental reality around what it means to be a Christian. I believe that I have it, but I'm going to transcend and move out beyond and away from the normative expectations of Christians who operate out of group thinking. I'm going to move away from the normative expectations of people who operate out of group thinking and and know that in doing that, I'm going to offend them. But I really don't care because I have an agenda that I think will be honoring to the God who has called me to do what I believe God has called me to do. Another way to look at it, you guys, before we take the break is watching an individual man or woman who believes that they've been called by God to do something and then they begin to set out to do it. And they are doing what they're called to do as they believe it. And they are willing to take the hit, suffer the consequences as well as enjoy the benefits and blessings, whatever they are, that come out of what they do. So those are the three categories that I kind of am putting Kanye in. I'm going to have some thoughts about some of the things he said that I thought were interesting and worthy of categorizing as well. But what do you think about Kanye? Is he just utterly naive and so ignorant of Christian doctrine that for him to be doing things the way he's doing it, where he's doing it, how he's doing it, uh, it just makes him a liability. Is he just some kind of deceptive, maniacal individual that is a false prophet ready to take masses and masses of people to hell with him because he's an antichrist? Or is he operating out of a level of wildliness that uh, allows him to navigate and to negotiate between the lines, above the lines, behind the lines, in front of the lines of what he knows are expected parameters by people who hold to certain orthodox views? I'd love to hear hear from you on what you think about this. one 367 1-888-367-5329. Let's talk about how to look at, judge righteously, and make assessments about an individual who is on a platform so large at present that it merits our discussion for learning and discerning how God works, how men work, and how we should work. Again, the number is one 367 5329 I'm going to take a break, pay some bills, and I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time, 533 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 367 5329 If you want to join in on our conversation or, or even maybe pivoted, uh, if what you have to say would, uh, would be worthy of pivot, we are talking about uh, Kanye West and why he is at the center of attention and what we, can we learn from him? What should we take away from this meteor, uh, meteorific sort of um, 
uh, presence of a man who, uh, for for many people, you know, just wonder what the big deal is. Why why is there so much uh, hoopla about him? But a, a lot of times, when the media meteor, come on, Jess, when the meteor enters into our space. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where it's going, but we do have to acknowledge that it is meteorific. It is present, making an impact somewhere. You and I may not be directly or individually or personally overwhelmingly impacted by him, but from what I heard, he sold out, and it really wasn't a selling out, but they had to have tickets for Lakewood, and in seven minutes, all of the 45,000 seats in Lakewood were completely filled. Seven minutes for Kanye West. Um, something's going on. He makes his way to different cities around the nation and parts of the world. He goes to um, what we would consider uh, questionable environments like Utah, Mormon countries, etc., to do what he does. And again, the way I framed it in my opening discourse was that You're dealing with an individual who has either naively engaged in a process of uh, evangelism and witnessing and sharing his faith that does not really ask the question to any of the stalwarts or gatekeepers of the gospel. um, How should I do it? How should I say it? To whom should I speak? What are my parameters? What are my boundaries, limitations, et cetera? Because we all know church has that. That's the big infamy of denominationism, boundaries, limitations, and things of that nature. Some good, some necessary, some essential, but some can be uh, rather anti-gospel in their nature. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, but what say ye? Is he naive? Is he deceived? Is he wildly? Is he really working from a perspective that many people are not getting? Has he laid a trail of facts in his discourse and conversations with people in the past up to now that may have given us a composite of his trajectory and his goals? I mean, if you listen to a person carefully without, you know, uh, without basically filtering what he says or she says with your own ideas and notions and thus not hear them, then a lot of times people are telling you what they're doing and you're not hearing it. In other words, if the Bible says to us, be quick to hear, quick to the hearing, literally, and slow to the speaking, and therefore slow to wrath, if we were to exercise that principle a whole lot more, we would be able to see things that we don't generally see because people are doing things that we don't like. So here we are. I've got one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine, and we are uh exercising our senses on another uh star passing through the hemisphere of our uh our life and uh and I, I want to hear from you on uh what do you think what do you think about Mr. Kanye West and uh and the way he's going about uh sharing his faith. Line number one, we'll start with Alora in Livermore. Alora, are you there? About uh sharing Alora? Yes, hello, I'm here. All right, I'll need you to cut your radio down. Oh, I did. I cut it off. Sorry. All right, what's your thoughts? Oh, okay. So these are my thoughts about Kanye West. Number one, I would like to say that even when we all come to Christ, we still have a personality and an identity. Um, Kanye West is an artist, and he's expressing himself as how an artist would express themselves. 
a lot of times when we come over to Christ, we lose our identity because we try to acclimate to whatever body or church we're in, and sometimes we lose our personality because we want to fit in. And I believe that Kanye West is just genuinely being who Kanye West is. The other thing is, when we all come to Christ, we know that we're flawed. You can see Kanye's West ego and all of that. It's a process when you get saved. So you're still becoming cleansed and processed. Um, the other thing is, we see people actually being saved and coming to Christ. Whether he's genuine or not, that doesn't even matter. We are seeing people actually getting saved. And I think that's the bigger picture, is that God is being glorified. And here it is, he's using this vehicle in a way, in whatever creative um, way he's doing it, we're seeing people actually opening up their hearts, and they're worshiping God, and they're coming and committing and giving their life to Christ. I think that should be the focus, that this is happening, and we should be praying for him, that God will keep him covered, and that he will his conversion as he's going through fully, and that he gets closer to God, and that his heart remains pure, because... Being in that place, you can also, um, even a person who's been a preacher has fallen because of the, the glory that comes with the position and being and um, sharing the gospel. So I really feel like as a body that, okay, God's using this vehicle, what can we do as believers to cover this man and his family in prayer so that he's protected and that as he's going through this walk, his motives do stay pure, um, and that he continues to be purified, and God works on him. I feel like as a body, that's our our position, to not be in a religious or group uh, groupthink point of view. And I'd like to say about the whole thing about um, the tickets for Lakewood, mm-hmm. they charge a, a head charge regardless for church. You can't even get a seat unless you first pay $25, I think, or something, a seat. And that's something that's just normal with how um, Joel Osteen runs his organization. So I just wanted to point that out. Wow. That's all I have to say. Okay, God thank bless. you. No, yeah, a lot of good ideas, Laura. I appreciate that, and that's what I'm looking forward to hearing from you on that. one 367 Two lines open. I think Allura gave some pretty good ideas. I think one of the uh, fundamental and ethical um, standards she lays out is that, you know, we ought not to start off uh, too rigid in our expectations of Kanye meeting our orthodox standard, I guess, uh, and that uh, he's operating from a premise of who he is versus who people want him to be. And that certainly is true, as I have been listening to him. And I think it's certainly right, as Alora put it, that um, one can lose their identity as they come into the Christian world, particularly when they get taken up by groups and groups begin to unclothe them and clothe them in their own image. I fully agree with that. I also think that in her saying that he should be prayed for is absolutely adequate and right as well. Let's go to line number two and talk with Tracy or Stacy. I'm sorry, in the East Bay. Stacy, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah. What's your question, comment or observation about our topic tonight? Um, one of the things that I know that the Bible tells us to do is that we need to test each spirit. And we know that the devil comes as an angel of light and deceives as well as they, he knows what our weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. We know that music really affects everybody. And to know, I don't know if you've ever seen, but there's a documentary that's called The Family, where the even our political party does an international day of prayer. And when they pray... They're praying, and they call Jesus Christ. We know that the English language has diluted many different things, and like Lord could just be a title of king. 
uh, God is also just a title. You know, we know his name is Yahweh, and we know that Jesus' true name is Yahshua. No, you don't. In the, in, no, in you the don't. International Day of Prayer. Hold on, hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second, because you said a lot. And I, <laughs> but hold on, you said a lot, and and what I'm, and where I had to challenge you at, um, Stacy, is when you go, we know, we know, we know, we know. Now, I'm glad you're talking about discernment, but when you say something like, we know that Jesus's true name is Yeshua, I would, I would challenge you. You wouldn't be able to find that in your Bible. You wouldn't be able to find right. Yeshua anywhere in your Bible. Okay, and I'm a theologian, so I'm just, I'm saying, don't say we know when you really don't know. I am with you in the area of discernment, but once you go to talking about the family, now what you are doing is kind of exercising a discernment ministry, which I, I appreciate that. Please don't, don't, don't get me wrong. My pushback on you is to want to slow you down so that you don't actually end up doing the same thing that you are saying that shouldn't be done. And that is, we should not be discerning. We should be discerning. So what I need from you, besides a lot of the, you know, um, qualifications of your discernment experience is in what areas is Kanye to you, uh, maybe a problem because that's the way I posed the question. Did you hear my question uh, earlier as I was talking about maybe deceived, maybe naive, or maybe wild? In what areas would you be concerned about him maybe being a force for deception? De- just being, he's just being deceived. Is he I being? He is the one just he wanting to deceive others. Okay, so now hold on for a second. This is good. I appreciate you. Now you notice that what you did was you just stated his motive. And mm-hmm. that is of a concern for me. I, and, I, and, I, and, you know, I'm a teaching pastor and a lot of people are listening because that is what I do. And I do know many of the gifts of the spirit that we all operate out of. I do have the gift of discernment. I do understand heretics and heresies. I cut my teeth on it when I was younger and very much appreciate where you're coming from. What I often find lacking in in many of my discernment brothers and sisters is their awareness of going beyond the sphere of their right to judge motives. So you just stated that Kanye is intentionally wanting to to deceive. That proposition... Does Does the Bible say, though, to judge a man by his fruits that he produces? If a, if a person has fruits of of the Holy Spirit, then we know that is of our Creator. What fruit is what fruit is Kanye? What fruit is he bearing that would give you the right to say that he is intentionally deceiving? I, I honestly, with everything that and that I've ever seen with him. I mean, you're not giving me any, anything concrete. See, that that's the problem, Stacey. Be careful. I don't okay. want you to come okay. off well, no as... no problem. That's no problem. It's okay. I understand where you're coming from. I just know with the fruit, people can be... Okay, for example, if a guy and a girl got together and the guy or the girl, either way, um, was about Jesus and about God and all of this, but yet their fruits now all of a sudden are not showing characteristics of Jesus, as we were to, are we as told is to follow him, be followers of him, do as what he does. So well, what is that going to look like? You're too generic. What is that going to look like? Are you going to walk on water like Jesus walked on water? N- nobody said anything about walking on but water. But you just stated, Stacy, 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 okay. stay with me. Never mind then. Stacy, okay. Stacy, stay with me. Thank you for letting me call. All right, bye. Yeah, right. Okay. So I'll just use her before I go to break. That's why I wanted to talk about this. For those of you out there who do have a 
uh, precondition for being critical and, and skeptical of a person, that's okay. Uh, skepticism is a healthy gift when that skepticism is really based upon a strong biblical framework of discernment. This is what I was saying to to Stacy. But what I heard from Stacy was she was casting generalizations upon an individual uh, and that is Kanye. And now she wants to use an example of generalizations for which she is not willing to be responsible for explaining herself. See, and I, I, I caught her in a number of areas like she does not really understand at all the Bible that she has in her hand in terms of Old Testament, New Testament, Hebrew and Greek with a small smidgen of Aramaic. And she's buying into a Yahweh uh, interpretation of who Jesus is and not even able to defend herself. Yeshua is, in fact, an Old Testament term, but it is never directly or prophetically tied to Jesus Christ of the New Testament. So one can never, ever say we can go to the Old Testament, look up the word Yeshua, and it's in many forms, and have a di- direct correlation with Jesus in the New Testament. And, and that, that sets up all kinds of problems for the Yahwist out there. Uh, and then she goes on to judge him on a number of levels. That kind of individual, you guys, quite frankly, no pun intended, you have to be careful about a person like Stacy, because the level of judgmentality does not have its framework in the gospel. But I did appreciate her call. So you guys got a lot to learn. You guys have learned some things on that. I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I'll pick up with Richard. And then let me see here. Got the little writing again. Uh, Jenny and then Teresa uh, in San Francisco. One line open. one 367 Enjoying this conversation. Expected it to go this way. I hope we can keep having this conversation for the next hour and a half. And I would really, I really want to encourage my previous caller for Stacy to keep listening, Stacy. And I'd love to have more conversation with you around your background and your experience in uh, your profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Like to encourage you, like to challenge you on where you are. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Now, I think one of the callers said that at Lakewood, you got to pay $25 to even have a seat in that 45,000 seating capacity auditorium. Let me look at these numbers right here. Now, we got 650 seats at Grace. $25 times 650, what, $13,000, $14,000, and then seven, eight pews, $100 a piece, seven, eight, and boy, there's a great way in this model to make sure you can pay for your sanctuary, isn't it? Um, don't know if it's called an offering. Don't know if it's called a free will offering, voluntary offering. But there you go. Joel Osteen makes sure that the bills get paid. If, in fact, what this person who calls said is true, that you got to pay minimum $25 for your seat every time you come to Lakewood. Okay, I get that. Um, you do the numbers. 25 times four, 45000 That's some decent change in order to secure the seats and pay the fundamental bills in a congregation. Don't think it's biblical, but there you go. I'm going to go to line number three and talk with Richard in Windsor. Richard, what's your thoughts, comments, or observations on our topic? Jesse, Pastor Jesse, thanks for talking with me. Um, well, the way I see it, I, I mean, I kind of know who Kanye is, 
you know, I know all the controversy and stuff. I'm not really a hip-hop or rap fan, so I don't know him from that side. But the way I see it, it just reminds me, like, when Paul was saved, you know, when he was converted, mm-hmm. I guess everyone was suspicious of him. Sure. Because of his past, right? Right. And uh, I just think, and the last caller kind of upset me a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was saved, like, I was a pretty big sinner. Right. And I felt a lot of people were suspicious of me mm-hmm. instead of welcoming and loving, coming alongside me, you know, discipling me. I was kind of on my own for my first year, and it was a really difficult time. Right. So I, what I think Connie needs is the way we should respond, I think, is, is you know, obviously, you know, why is the serpent's general as does? Right. But, you know, I just think that just accept him, you know, be loving, be supportive, pray for him. And, I mean, if he is, like, trying to fool us or whatever, eventually that will come to the surface. But I really doubt it. I, I think he's genuine, personally, and I just think that as Christians we should be loving, open, open-armed, open you know, welcoming. And, uh, you know, I mean, with the whole fruit thing, I mean, I think... I think people in the church get too hypercritical. Like for me, it took a few years before I really found my, you know, got my feet set on the rock. You know, sure, I was going sure. through a mental illness, and, and then I had a severe traumatic brain injury. So, right. you know, uh, I just I've been through a lot, and right. I had to find the right meds and, and everything. So there's there, there's been different challenges for me than for most people. But I just think that. I mean, like, for instance, I grew up on a vineyard, and, uh, you know, there vines, you know, when you first plant them, you know, it takes about three or four years before the fruit you can really use. Agreed. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I say just, you know, just show some fruit of the Spirit towards them, you know, be, be, be patient. patient yep. Be, yep. Yeah, yep. and I think, you know, just pray for them, and, and uh, you know, and, and besides, I mean, I think God... Knowing Kanye's influence, you know, I mean, he's very purposeful, not only in, I mean, just, I think that, you know, it, it was strategic, I think, you know, obviously when, when Paul was saved, you know, to save someone who formerly destroyed the church, and, and uh, you know, and then he was, you know, I think for all of us, we have, you know, God gets glory in, in saving us from where we came from, and I think Kanye being saved, you know, his glory... And you know who he, who he once was, and I mean, it takes a while to get on your feet and you know get the right doctrine, get the right preachers. You know, um, you know. I think one. I just think you need just some patience with them and not be hypercritical and unloving towards them. Be all suspicious. I get you, man. I, mean, I really do. Yeah. And not, and not only do I understand where you're going with the kind of. Uh, patient, open arms, uh, confidence that if he's doing something wrong, God will show it. He always does. We know that this is where we can be a lot more generous in dealing with these new things that may not be coming at us from a direction that we are comfortable with. You sound like a very discerning man, uh, Richard, and I do appreciate your own mental uh, challenges experience because Kanye had his as well, as do many of our brothers and sisters have those kinds of challenges that require us to 
Uh, be 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 definitely gentle. So I I want to thank you for the contribution of your call, and please call uh, call again anytime, brother. And God bless you, and and, and 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 glad to have you on the journey with us in this walk of faith as well. Thanks for calling, Richard. Uh, I, I do want to say before I go to the next line, and I do have two lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Out of the three callers thus far who have called, uh, two callers said, you know, give him space, let him receive him, embrace him. One caller is, you know, casting levels of aspersion that um, that are rooted in a kind of discernment of negativity towards him. I expect that. I want to hear it again because there is a need to always be discerning. The young lady, her name, um, uh, uh, her name is Stacy. She said in first John chapter four, verse four or four, verse one, we are to try the spirits, whether they be of God or not, uh, test them to, to make sure that they are coming uh, with a right doctrine. Now, I mean, if she was to stay within the context of that verse, um, then she would have to admit that Kanye is following through on a doctrinal level of recognizing that Jesus came in the flesh. Whosoever confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. He that denies that he has come in the flesh is not of God. So if she wanted to use a biblical standard for imprisonment for judging, Kanye operates legitimately out of an orthodox position in terms of paterology, in terms of a view of, of God and a view of Christ on a Christological level. He would not deny the incarnation of the son of the living God. There might be other areas in which he is, in fact, operating out of a heterodoxical position or a uh, heretical position. But time must uh, come to manifest that. Two lines open, one 888 Two lines open, one 888 I'm going to go to line number one and talk with Teresa in San Francisco before we take a break. And after the break, we'll come back with Jenny and those of you who want to call and continue the dialogue and conversation. I do have a few more things I want to say because I've captured some of the statements that Kanye has made. And I want to challenge you with the statements that he's made because out of the abundance of the heart doth the mouth speak. And when we hear what a person says, we can then begin to more accurately define the fruit that we allege we see in their lives. But until we can hear them, we can be deceived. It's called an optical illusion when we begin to determine whether a person has fruit or does not have fruit. So uh, line number one, Teresa, are you there? Teresa on line number one, going once, Teresa going twice. Okay. All right. Well, let me do this then. I don't mind clearing the lines. Let me go to Jenny on line number four. Uh, Jenny, are you there on line number four? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Pastor Jesse. Great. Oh, what's going on, girl? Happy belated. I meant to say that yesterday, but. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) What's your thoughts about my man? um, I actually... Of course, initially I was um, a little skeptical, um, but I actually I listened to his album, and um, that's not the sole reason. One, okay, so I'm in agreement with the guy that just called. Mm-hmm. I see him a lot of ways, like just the lost sinner that's been saved. Okay. He just happens to be doing it in front of a lot of people. That is um, a big. <laughs> that is a big distinction that you're making, right? Most of us don't have the platform of hundreds of millions of people watching yeah. <laughs> us make our profession of faith. Right. 
And I, if you were to, you know, do that with each and every, you know, uh, elect saint, uh-huh. we would see that, you know, we would have to hold our the mirror up to ourselves too. Absolutely. And so I, I try to walk in that manner. When I'm looking at him, I'm looking at, okay, that's like any other brother that gets saved. Right. And they were once this way and wilding out, you know, right. Um, right. on one end. On the other end, I'm looking at him also as a sister, if he's claiming to be my brother now, and and just kind of still looking and making sure I'm hearing you know things that line up with the word of God, right? Um, in his music, right. and so and because I don't really follow him in the media and all that, I try to stay away from all that. But sure. I did listen to his album and I actually enjoyed it. It did. sounded pretty God glorifying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did make um, you know I don't know, but <laughs> he's a musician, so any music he makes is pretty great anyway so there's mm-hmm. that but mm-hmm. um i just felt like we do need to pray for him and that we need to extend grace in that area just like people extended to us when we came to christ just the way god extended to many people historically and i very much agree with the aspect of paul and there was a lot of historically a lot of anti-christian um behaviors and thinking that were out there before people came to know the Lord, right. even while he was here with us. Right. So, right. you know, tax collectors and the Pharisees, and you name it, they didn't have their doctrine right, and it, it took, you know, really listening and following and getting it right. Even, um, I want to say, Apollos, is that the one who had, he kind of had his, he was under John and then had to learn under uh, yeah. Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. Sure did. That was that more perfectly. He was kind of headed there, but he had some things that needed adjustment in his um, doctrine. And so I just kind of see him like that. But, of course, I'm observing. And at the end of the day, some of us really need to really focus more on our walk instead of criticizing this man who's just trying to figure it out, too. Right, right. Well, and and that's true. However, and and, and one of the reasons we're having this conversation is because I have a platform where thousands of people can engage us as we dialogue about it. And what we're going to do is get a healthy reflection by the different views. Again, I'm looking for another Stacey, maybe a brother who wants to call in and be much more critical of Kanye. There are elements to be critical of and therefore also elements by which uh, through a discerning spirit we might be wise enough to want to watch out for. Of course, I have three or four things I want to say, too, on the other side of this break into the new hour that I hope people will continue to listen so that they can hear it, because I I see a trajectory on his part that is purposeful, explicitly shared by him that I think create some of the tension that people will have around who he is. But my wife listened to the CD too, and she enjoyed it as well, which I was surprised of. And one of my musicians as well, Jenny listened to it. And I thought for sure she wasn't going to, you know, be feeling Kanye, but she came back and she says, I like it. And so, you know, there you go. Um, from the world of debauchery and uh, and all kinds of negative, you know, uh, communication forms in hip hop to being able to put together and collaborate all by himself, how to um, uh, communicate a message in the genre of the culture in which he lives, where not only is that genre somewhat receiving it, but people who are solid are receiving it because we know how to um, we know how to see Jesus where Jesus is to be seen, understand truth where truth is to be seen, and then make room, like you said, for whatever flaws might be justifiable with a young brother or a young sister coming into 
the face. So thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. Uh, all the phone lines are open on the other side of the break, you guys. Just give me a call, one 888 When we get on the other side as we dialogue, I'll push into some questions based upon some statements that he's made that I think will help give us somewhat of an objective uh, composite of Kanye that will not be surprising to you. Um, But it will be challenging to all of us as to whether or not uh, his strategy is consistent with his objective and whether both his strategy and objective is really consistent with the will and word of God. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. I've got two lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, no, three, one, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. Let's keep the conversation going. I'll be right back. 